podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Since last week's show, Celtic have scored seven goals, conceded none and returned to the top of the Scottish Premiership table with two of our best domestic performances of the season so far. The worrying thing for the rest of the league is that we're doing so without our top scorer, Kyogo Furuhashi, and various others, yet Ange Postacoglu's side continue to reach impressive new levels. This is episode 56 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino, and this week I'm joined by Miff and Parry to cover all things Celtic. Miff, trophies aren't handed out in February, but hammers of your nearest rivals are. How's your week in Celtic been? <laughs> hello Tino, hello Paddy, hello guys. Uh, it's been great. I'll say it's been magic. As far as weeks go, you can't get much better. Seven goals scored, no goals conceded, and a thorough paste and handed out to two teams where, you know, in, in the past, in fact, even this season, we've, we've kind of struggled against them. Motherwell were particularly good at, um, at Celtic Park when they came, they made it difficult for us. So, no, by, by all means, absolutely delighted by how, how the week spent. Wednesday night was, was really special, really, really special from, you know, pre-match, the build-up, the atmosphere. On a, on a personal note, that was the first game I went to with my, my wee boy, so um, something he'll, he'll never forget. Our first eight Rangers game, sorry, I took it, took it, I should say. So, I it, it was just it was it was something really really special and uh, some something I'll never forget. But more importantly, from from the point of view of the league, we backed it up. Which you know Wednesday night would have taken a lot out of the players. The manager made some changes, which before the game you probably thought, oh wait a minute. But uh, as we'll go into in terms of the squad depth that, that we're now seeing, the, the changes that we made didn't mean a, a a lessening up of the intensity. So yeah, a, a great week, but uh, hopefully like many more weeks to come. When you're talking there about being there with the wee fella, I've just got a picture in my head of you walking up the stairs as your wee guy films you on camera, just first time into this big stadium and just getting caught in the, the awe and the wonder of the, the setting. But the pre-match stuff was phenomenal, wasn't it? Just the, the sound and the well, lights and everything. The lights, the sound, and, and thankfully, you know, some of the, the newer tunes are actually rave tunes. So when <laughs> when you've got the mixture of an absolutely bouncing stadium, a fairly impressive, much maligned, but fairly impressive light system and a... I was expecting fans bouncing about to disco tunes. It really does just generate a brilliant atmosphere. As as a, a child of the Archies in the in the <laughs> early noughties, I could I can definitely say it was a I brought back a few memories. Absolutely, uh, Paddy's Miff says couple of really big wins, and it's now six out of six since we returned from the the winter break. Some would call that title winning form. Absolutely, I, I just think we we need to just keep this run going. Obviously, that goes without saying, but it's. It's testament to just how well we've been playing. I think is that six wins now in a row. That's what I said. Aye, aye. Six out of six. So one in the Scottish Cup, five in the league. Aye, it's it's incredible form from us at the moment. We just need to keep it up. We're looking very very good in how we're rotating the squad, and you know I just think if we get through this game on Wednesday, um, obviously when we'll touch on that. If we get through this game on Wednesday and we look at the remain remaining fixtures, it's actually looking pretty good for us in, in the run-in. Every game's going to be a, a, a difficult one and they are taking it one game at a time, which I really I really like that approach. I really appreciate that approach for this season especially. But yeah, all things are positive at the moment. The squad's looking quite strong again and yeah, it's good to see. It's good yeah. to see. I think that one game approach thing is so, so important and you get the vibe that that's exactly what Andrew's doing. What we'll do is, as part of our show today is we do look ahead to the rest of the month, but I don't think there's any doubt that Ange looks to... Aberdeen first, take care of that, 
Wraith Rovers at the weekend and then beyond. What we'll do before we get into today's show, quick reminder that you can now watch our weekly shows on the Celtic Exchange YouTube channel, as well as continuing to listen on all the usual podcast platforms. Now, I'm not saying that Miff and Paddy are the most handsome Celtic podcasters out there, but they're definitely in the top two. So do yourself a favour and tune into the YouTube channel to see what all the fuss is about. The support on YouTube has been brilliant over the last few weeks, but if we can ask you to do two small things for us before we get started today, it really helps us out. So number one, Subscribe to the channel by pressing the red button somewhere below us here on the screen. And number two, click on the thumbs up to like this week's episode. Finally, if you want to join in the discussion with me and the lads, then leave a wee comment too and we can debate all the key talking points from this week's show, including any wild takes, Miff, that you particularly agree, uh, sorry, disagree with. Miff, on that note, what do you have to say for yourself after predicting a 2-2 draw in the Glasgow Derby last week? Well, listen, I mean, I don't think it's... I, I seem to have taken a lot of stick for this. Rightfully so. From my yeah. friends, also from... Um, some associates of the podcast shall we say <laughs> and uh, it's not the wildest thing ever to predict a score draw against Rangers however I have never been happier to look more foolish that was just tremendous yeah. so in fairness the second half was a draw <laughs> <laughs> and you're taking that as some sort of small victory well, you... in fairness 25 minutes Van Bronckhorst said that they were the better team so I mean well, you right. could put it that way as well mate <laughs> Geo knows his stuff. Right. Um, what we'll do as well, we'll let, look at the, the agenda before we get started for today and you know cover all the key points. So firstly, we will be looking at those two very impressive recent performances as Celtic hammered Rangers 3-0 midweek before going one better with a 4-0 win over Motherwell. Secondly, we'll look at what lies in store over the remainder of February as Celtic line up for games in the Scottish Cup, the Europa Conference League, as well as the Scottish Premiership. With that busy schedule in mind, we'll also then look at what our strongest team is at this time, especially some key players return from injury and international commitments. And finally, we'll review this week's tough trip to Pataudry, as well as a brief look at the weekend's Scottish Cup tie against Wraith Rovers. Miff, myself and Paddy, we had great fun here on Thursday morning along with James doing the post-match coverage of the Rangers game. So you can see that on YouTube if you want to check that out. So on that note, I'll come to you first to allow you a chance to revel in the glory. I know, as you mentioned, you were there with the, the wee fella for his first Glasgow derby. Talk us through the experience and the night. Well, experience a wee bit hectic to start with because it was mother boys football training. So I, I, was, um, I was sober, which actually helped. I think I enjoyed it more because I was sober because I, I was... Not that I'm saying that I'm normally drunk. Yeah, folks, I'm just... <laughs> The match day experience was, was somewhat different, so it was a wee bit of a wee bit of a rush to get down and get the bus. A wee bit of carry on in the bus for the point of view that the sixty seater get cancelled. I had broken down that day, so the bus gets split to a forty eight and a, a sixteen seater just by unfortunate circumstance. Getting into the game fine, actually, you know, made it made it in plenty of time. Was a wee bit was a wee bit busy at the at the turnstiles, bordering on chaotic because normally they would have the police horses out in the the kind of barricades would be sitting the the old the old rangers in, mm-hmm. um, but they weren't there, so it was pretty much a free for all trying to get into the into the turnstiles. So, um, the wee man the wee man was he, he just kept looking at his boys, going, "Dad, we're not going to get in time, we're not going to get in time." But we we get in. Everybody was just you know the police. By the time we get in, I think we get in probably about five. Five minutes before kickoff, and the place was just absolutely bouncing. In fact, no, probably a wee bit before that because there was there was definitely some disco light rave tune action um, <laughs> before before the walk on. But I've I've been sitting in those seats for about five years now, and what was nice about it was my wee boy's been going there for was tiny, so everybody was there who he's seen over the years for going, and that that actually made it just that wee bit more special that everybody was all there together watching it, and it was just it was absolute class, and and I think as well. You, you hear from some of the footage that people have taken, first goal was brilliant to sco- score early. Then you thought, oh no, maybe it's going to go the way where McGregor's made a few saves and you don't know if it's going to be one of those frustrating nights where you, you get the goal up and then Rangers go and nick one on, on the break or whatever. But 
to score the two goals so quickly before half time, but you can actually hear everybody is still celebrating when a bad goal goes in because the atmosphere's still up. Oh, when, when you when you hear the game back, it's aye. just just a really really special night. Probably probably I would say I know there's the recency bias. But I think that's the best night I've had at Celtic Park. The best? I, I think that's the best night yeah. I've had at Celtic. Just me personally. I've, I, I, there's been other nights that have probably been better where I've not I've not been there. But just for me personally, I think that's the best night I've had at Celtic Park. Yeah, it's a big shout. And I don't think many will argue. You know, it's certainly up there with the, some of the top nights and certainly of recent times, Paddy. You've been to pl- plenty of these Celtic Rangers games, but that one, it just had a, a different edge to it, didn't it? A different feel. It was two years of just frustration, just getting, just evaporated up into that sky that night it was incredible just every single one of us just it was a huge sigh of relief that we basically just said we are like like Tom said yesterday we are top of this pile we've been top of this pile for, for the last 10 years and it was just reclaiming that I was trying to remember who Tom was it's <laughs> Tom Rogers <laughs> our pal Tom yeah. first name terms <laughs> um, no I just I, I totally agree with uh, with Matt I wouldn't say for me it was my favourite I'd say it's definitely top 5 though uh, just for everything surrounding it and I've just seen a few people comment a midweek game against them is absolutely brilliant it doesn't matter if it's there or it doesn't matter if it's at Celtic Park it's a great occasion people are very very like night nighttime football is great I've always enjoyed that under the floodlights it's, there's a, it's a great spectacle but for a game of that magnitude the atmosphere generated and just I don't know like it, it was it was a special night 100% you could get a real feel around the stadium that everyone was there to back the team there was no frustration, which we've heard in some home games, which it just happens when, when we're all just so worried about how our league's going to go and how much we want to win this league back again. And I just thought that everyone was behind the team from the get-go. The video you you guys, you put up on the, the Twitter about Cal Mack, that was the, that's the get-go. That's the, that, that's everything starting from there. And obviously it's been happening in training as well, but for those players that are just new to all of this and new to that atmosphere and new to this, this set-up, just understanding what it's about. It's it's for us. It's entirely for us. And we backed it a hundred percent to the hill and we got our rewards the other night. It was great. Just on that point that you say about McGregor, I think that was really the, the starting point of that atmosphere building mm-hmm. was knowing that McGregor was in the team. Yeah, I think 100%. it was so pivotal to everybody that was going there to watch Celtic knew how important McGregor being there was going to be. And the fact that in such a theatre he was there with that mask on, I think just added to it. <laughs> The thing is, as fans, we all got a lift. So I don't know when the team came out an hour and a quarter before kickoff. And we all, you know, I wasn't with you, lads, but when it came out and you've seen that on your phone or whatever, there's a buzz and yep. you're seeing everyone around you. I don't think there's any doubt that that buzz also transcended onto the players, whether they found out the day before or the morning off, whatever it'll been. There's a lot of these guys who are good professional footballers, talented guys, but getting into that cauldron, and obviously it was our cauldron, our, our red hot atmosphere, but without your your talisman, your leader, your captain, your guy who'd been there and, and done that, mm-hmm. I think it'll have given them just a huge boost. McGregor has became, he was always important just because mm-hmm. of his ability. I think he underperformed last season like so many he looked like the weight of the world on his shoulders at times and we spoke about it at length you know on here um, geez, when you just think this time last year what we were watching know. you know it, 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 that, that that's the thing I mean listen first world problems and all that when it's your football team I get that but it, it has such a marked effect on your mood it affects how you feel at work during the week it was during another lockdown as well when you were watching it you felt so helpless and powerless that you couldn't go and support the team or anything like that so 
like you say, Paddy, the element of frustration or a releasing, venting that frustration that you'd had for over a year, you got to go and see that. You're now seeing a vibrant, attacking team on the park who are all playing for each other, a real bond between the players and the yeah. fans, and more importantly, a figurehead, a manager. But at the, at the centre of all of that is McGregor, his decision to stay at the start, and then his evolution into this absolute force of nature as a captain that I don't think can be understated because everybody questioned whether or not he'd be suitable. He did look like the quiet guy of the team. Yeah. I think what's became quite apparent is that he's anything but. You know, he's obviously he's obviously just a silent widow, and I absolutely love it. I think if anything, you know, we'll all have seen that video where he's chasing down uh, Barisic Aye. out the touchline, maybe 21 minutes into the game, uh, to be exact. And it just, as you say, my, there's so much that goes on in a football park that you don't see from the stand and, and you definitely don't see from television. But there's such a you know, a fierce element and a competitive element that, you know, that's part of football at the top level and it played out in front of your very eyes for Callum McGregor during that game. He's setting the tone. He's setting the tone straight away and he's getting right in their faces. It's like something we did, we were talking about last week. It's just, um, it's very clever from him and it's it's that knowledge and he was taking so much for, for Brown over the years, you know, as well. Just how, how to just like ruffle them up and just kind of get them worried about what's going on. What's quite funny about that, obviously we spoke about how it wasn't his best season last year. Actually, someone posted another video of his playing at Ibrox last year. I think we drew the game. I can't remember the scores on that one, but it was a 50-50 with Aribo and Aribo's pulled out at the end and obviously the camera's on McGregor and he says it again. As a shite bag. <laughs> aye, aye. I'll try and post it on, we'll, we'll try and post it on the page, but it's just another one like, I'll dig it out. That's his thing. I'm all for it. Absolutely. Yeah. The video that Paddy's referring to as well in terms of pre-match stuff, we've got it on our Twitter feed if you want to check it out. It's Callum McGregor, maybe around about half an hour before kickoff. He's in the circle with the players and they're all doing their, their stretching and, and listening off, but he's back hanging out instructions he's telling him to do this and do that and do the next thing and he's got the eyes and ears of, of everyone to a man and they're just they're so focused on on the message he's given across he does that and then he just gets up and gets on with his warm-up and kind of leads from the front in terms of the running and we doubted it my father. i know i certainly doubted his suitability for the leadership role he stepped in it and then some I would say Downey's ability for the role is probably more criminal than calling the game a draw, but we'll move on for that. And <laughs> no, I don't think he'd be the only one, Tino, in fairness. I, I, like I say, he probably had what I would, what's now been smashed as a, a nice guy image, you know, maybe too nice to be captain, but if you know he, he is an absolute pirate behind closed doors, brilliant, because that's what you need. You need guys, you need guys that are going to just rail everybody up and have everybody fired up and be a wide on the park to make sure that you give as good as you get. You know, because I think what that would have been like last season for McGregor, a quadruple treble winner, getting the absolute runaround off the new kids in the block, the yeah. likes of Aribo, the likes of Kamara, knocking the ball past them, you know, 4-1 up my cup tie at Ibrox or whatever the hell it was. Absolute, you know, Davis, absolutely taking the mickey at him. That must have hurt. Absolutely. Must, your professional pride would hurt, never mind your own personal feelings. So, to be able to go back and exact some sort of revenge on them, be, to be that motivated, but not just to be motivated, running about like a headless chicken, to be motivated, targeted, and very, you know, very clear in your mind of how to execute your game plan. That's that's the the biggest takeaway for me is that Celtic didn't just talk the talk; they really walked the walk. They they, they did the business in the heat of the battle. That just bodes well because it's yet another box ticked for Ange Absolutely. it's another thing to take the pressure off him as well he's now beat Rangers great all these wee things he's won a trophy great he's now been given absolute backing by the board to get his own players in great it can only be a good thing and, and we all regarded this season as a bonus it could turn out to be one hell of a bonus Aye. because like Ange keeps saying if you think this season's good wait till next season I can't wait already <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely much has been made of the fact that allegedly Celtic seem to tie in the second half of games and you know puff themselves out given the, the effort they put in in the first half but then again if you're 3-0 up at half time if 
Why, why bother with Listen, the second I'll, half? I'll happily take these lethargic second half displays as long as we're 3-0 up at half time. It's yeah. fine with me. So the last two games that's been the case. Paddy, I think it's actually a, a, a bit of a myth and as we start to get more of these players back from injury, international stuff, the, the second half showings will inevitably catch up in what we're doing first half. The only time I've kind of seen it was Tynecastle. I kind of thought we looked a wee bit dead on our legs but then that was first games for many a player that haven't played at that intensity. So uh, you, you, you let that slide. Um Last Wednesday for me, it was a case of just jobs done. Just enjoy it, soak it up, soak the pressure up. Really have a like a good attacking team on their day. If they, if, if like, like they want to be come up against you, and we basically every attack was snuffed out every time. Um, so that defence, that midfield, and the, the the big man up front will, will have been so so happy with their performance and how they handled each part of their game. Yeah, my f- I think Gio Van Bronckhorst would have us believe it was a you know a genuine game of two halves, but it wasn't the case, was it? You've, you've blown them away first half to the point where all you need to do is contain in that second half. My own um, my own note on that would be our own comment on that would be it was at the start of the second half. I saw the way we were lining up. I saw the fact we were maybe 10, 15 yards deeper than we had been in the first half, and I thought to myself, oh, "Don't do this, Celtic." I thought this is going to be a long half. I then looked up and it was 75 minutes. Like it just it flew in because we, we had just controlled the game, kind of snuffed it. We were under no no threat, no danger at all. Then the changes started to get made, broke the game up. It, it really was very comfortable. I can't remember getting them getting into our box. No, I th- there was there was a couple. Of, Kent had a, another. You know, you know, it's been a, a quiet night at the office for Rangers when the sports scene highlights showed two Kent shots outside the box that yeah, yeah. Joe Hart could have threw his hat on. And so Ryan Jacks cracked the bar. And Aye, Ryan Jacks got the bar. Go, from, Goldson, from range, Gold, that's what I'm saying. Goldson's had a really good chance last kick of the ball. Aye, that, that, was, that, that was a really good chance. The good thing is, and the main point is, we're having to think about what their chances Aye. are. You could rhyme off the dozen or so genuine chances Celtic had. Jack Amakis has had three of his own I in know. the first half and, and various other ones. Um, and on that note, you know, who do you think were the main guys on the night? Obviously, Hattati will get the shout and uh, Abada as the goal scorers, but who were the main men for you? Well, you, you you'll laugh when I, when I say this, but. The, 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 first no, the first notable tackle of the night was Greg Taylor on a rebound right in the halfway line absolutely nailed him you know now bearing in mind poor wee Greg he's got photos or posters of a rebound on his wall he's had to come <laughs> out go in and nail him first 50-50 that takes a lot of character to do that yeah. so I thought Taylor and Juranovic I mean Juranovic that's a genuine 10 out of 10 performance like, literally a flawless performance unbelievable yeah and you're a huge fan aren't you uh, just, just talking about like see what we were mentioning about the atmosphere and the players thriving off it See when he, he had that run in at the corner with Kent, just see that smile on his face, just laughing it, just lapping it all up. He was, he was outstanding on Wednesday night. I thought well, two and a half million, as I've said many a time on here, is a steal. It's, it's embarrassing. I feel uh, a bit uh. guilty about that. Not too guilty. I mean, even look across the board. Look at all eleven players starting with you know Joe Hart and right up to Jack Amakis up top. You can talk about you know Hatati top drawer, Juranovic top drawer. But everybody done their job. There's nobody let us down. You know, sometimes you get a game like that and eight or nine guys out of 11 really turn it on and you get away with it. We didn't have any passengers. Well, bear, bear in mind that to play the way we did in, in the second half meant that the, the back four had to be solid. You know, mm-hmm. Starfield and Carter Vickers, I think Starfield had maybe one moment of alarm where he decided right. to go on a mazy run for absolutely no reason whatsoever, although there wasn't too much on it, to be fair. But they, they, they defended very, very well, read the game well, read the movement of the Rangers strikers really well. Everybody, even the, the the substitutes that come on, you know, McCarthy contributed, Dolt contributed. It was it was just it was excellent. We shot up. I thought, like you mentioned, um, on the the post match yesterday, shot up probably wasn't his absolute sharpest. The first start in a long time, but he still 
he still looked a menace, he still mm-hmm. looked lively. There wasn't a failure on the night. And, and if you're Ange and you're building a squad and you're going to rely on everybody and you want to play in an intense manner, that means you're going to need to make a lot of changes. And you see that level of performance from everybody that's involved in the match, you just you must just be absolutely buzzing. So, like we all were. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, was just, it was just incredible. Um, Abada continues to just... Uh, the movement for that, uh, I, was, I was behind that goal, obviously, and just... That you, like, it's almost like slow motion. You can just see see it all develop in front of your eyes. But the way he's just get across Barisic and then the, the subsequent many videos that have been been sent out and gifs and, and memes and all that. It's, it's been great. That's listen for a, a guy like Abada to come in came came for the Israeli league. Not even one of the bigger teams in no. in Israel. I, I wouldn't say you know mm. he's been plucked from relative obscurity, put in, scored against Michelin. You know his first game probably created a bit more expectation about himself, which I think he, he did have a wee dip in form not, not too long after that. But much like McGregor's pivotal, the way Ange wants to play, so is Abada, not just for his attacking output, but also the way that he presses, the way that he tries to win the ball right. back as high up the park as possible. We've scored goals from it, but now with the added confidence of getting the goals that he's got and the assists that he's got, you're seeing, you're seeing that absolute end product coming from him, whether it's setting up goals or whether it's putting them in the net. Well, that's kind of something that we spoke about. You you watch uh, Juranovic, O'Reilly and Abada on Barisic on Wednesday night. That's a game plan. Yeah. They just, they attacked him the full night. He, he didn't know, he wasn't comfortable on the ball at all. And it was just watching them close down every angle of every pass. And the freedom that they're talking throughout the full game and then their own link-up play was a joy to watch, an absolute joy to watch. I I, I can just see what I like to say Abada, what a... An incredible second half of the season so far. I think the break came at the right time for him. I think December's maybe just a bit too much for him and he's really just kicking on. He's just, his position's incredible. December's tricky. He's only a kid and he gets excited at that time of year. Santa's coming. <laughs> oh, you don't know if it's around the corner, but... <laughs> That's um, worse than two each. Uh, it's pretty bad, actually. <laughs> but he's, he's, I think he turned 20 in October there. Aye. A very, very young man. I think the stats now are 14 goals after his contribution at Motherwell and 11 assists, so mm-hmm. 25 goal contributions to use the the modern term. It's just a phenomenal turnaround and that's despite having that dip, there's no doubt. He started up here, he had this dip in his form and he's picked it right back up again and there's plenty of games to go to add to those stats. Aye, definitely. Um, And a few of us were talking yesterday, definitely a contender for young player of the year. Does he start pushing towards player of the year? I don't know yet. I think the player of the year awards is going to be a real conundrum for those who make those decisions because you could write him off any number of guys. (laughs) Kyogo, Joe Hart, Jota, yeah. definitely Abada, McGregor, Greg Taylor, you want to throw him in the mix? 100%. There's so many guys that have just you know, played such a huge part so far and there's still a long way to go. What I'd like to note as well, unpleasant as it is, Wednesday was the first time we'd beaten Rangers in any competition since that League Cup final in 2019 where Chris Julian scored the goal. That was eight games ago and it's far too long. I know we've had the, the small matter of a global pandemic in between times, but as you pointed out there, Miff, it's just another hurdle that they've, you know, they've they've jumped over, I suppose is the right term, in this, in this season so far. They've had so many, you know, different challenges put ahead of them. And this is the latest one and they've come through by flying colours. Well, Rangers are the champions, as painful as that is to say. Rangers are the champions and being absolutely no doubt, 98% of Rangers fans thought they were coming to Celtic Park and they to give us an absolute cuffing. That's a fact. They were, they were very, very confident. Um, you know, I've seen a few, few tweets and, and comments since that, Oh well, if we'd had Maria Loss and this, that, and the next thing, but I do think it was a, 
it was a statement performance from Celtic, mm-hmm. albeit that it, it was long overdue. You, you can't deny that. The, the reason behind my conservative uh, prediction was just because sometimes when a, when a team's got the sign over you, it doesn't always go that way. That that was that was part of the reason I was thinking maybe maybe it'll still take us another another few games against them to work that out. But I, I was as I say, I was delighted to be proved wrong because I think the the force of will for the manager just to imprint the way he wants to play on every single team that we play against, whether that's Rangers, Real Betis, Bayer Leverkusen, doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. You know, Motherwell, doesn't matter. He wants to play that way. And ultimately that's what's won as a game because we just haven't given them a minute. Yeah. Paddy, just, you know, obviously mentioned the hurdles. Does it instill a certain belief within the players themselves? They obviously do believe in the manager and everything he's been preaching, but you can follow all his, his ways, his methods, his, his teaching, if you like, but until you actually achieve those things, you know, silverware in the shape of the League Cup, uh, unbeaten runs, different things, defensive records, but you've got to beat Rangers in this part of the world to, to be taken seriously. They've now done that and it's just another box ticked and we can move on. We as the fans can move on. I think we're all sitting fairly happy, but I, I heard Dan the other day saying, I'm not taking seriously here until I win this league. And I thought, you know, his just feet are firmly grounded and that's where we're not getting carried away. This is the thing. We might be as fans, some of, some of the things we were saying last week, obviously, you know, I'm still thinking we're going to win all four trophies. But our manager there is just taking it, like I said earlier on, game, game by game. And that fills me with confidence. Yeah. It's just knowing how, how he knows how important it is this season. And he knows that he's in with a really, really good chance of, of taking this title back for the first goal and how important it would be. So I'm confident. Yeah, there's a great quote from Ange. So it was after the Rangers game, before the Motherwell game. And he said, the main objective is to play our best game of the year against Motherwell. Let's play better than we've played so far. The last game was good, the Rangers game, but we don't want to repeat that. We want to improve on it. So they're not resting on their laurels and saying, look how good we are on Wednesday. Let's let's just do that again. He wants to improve every time. He says, it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes the opposition can stop you from playing at those levels. But in terms of the intent, of course, we want to always improve. And that's just how he is as a guy. If he's not looking at yesterday and thinking how good they've done. It's all about moving forward. It's the here and now and what's ahead. And there's no doubt that that message has got through bit by bit to the players as well. Uh, absolutely. I think the, the, the word that cropped up after the Motherwell game was was relentless. I think Angie's challenge to the team was to continue to be relentless. And if you've got someone driving that, what I would say about that is, you know, that, that will be a very demanding environment for the players to be in. And I think you've seen that with the likes of, you know, elite teams, around the world, their elite coaches around the world, that's 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 their mantra, that's the way that they set out, is that continual improvement. So, you know, whilst Ange hasn't necessarily achieved too much in, in this continent yet, he has done it elsewhere, and it just bodes well that we've got, a, we've got a group of players that are bought into him. They obviously see the benefit for themselves in it as well, that he's going to improve them, or he has improved, you know, arguably he's improved um, some of the guys that were still here. The new signings have come in. I think it's due to Ange that they've been able to hit the ground running. He's identified them as good players, but he's also made them better in the time that they've been here. Um, so f- for me, I mean, I mean, if you take something, for example, like Starfield would, would be the good example for me. I thought he looked really, really rugged to start with, and he seems to just becoming more and more solid as, as the weeks pass. I would say actually the same for Vickers as well. I think right. Vickers is starting to look a lot more solid, although he's, he's been he has been excellent um, for a long period of time. So. It's proof that not only has he made the players that were here, or, or he's got more out of the players that were here, he's also made the players that he's brought in better over a, in, in a relatively short period of time. All those things combined, along with the fact that the most important thing, majority of fans are bought into him, mm-hmm. that, that buys you that extra time. 
and and you see that you mentioned on I think it was you that mentioned it, Paddy and Wednesday night, there was a unity. There was neither moaning and groaning apart from it was Greg Taylor that got the moan and he never <laughs> he never cleared one at the back post uh, and I was moaning as well. But that was that was about it. That's about mm-hmm. all I can remember. Let, um, me, let me ask you a question genuinely. You mentioned on last week's show that you had a couple of mates on the WhatsApp genuinely who weren't bought into the Ange thing. What one still isn't. Really? No, that he's, no, that he's not bought in. He's still, he's still been. Is he just that kind of guy? Does he want to do that? I, 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 so. I, I think, I think he's just a bit too dug in now that he can't bring himself to say. He's too entrenched uh, and he's, he's one, one, one at the game, uh, sent a WhatsApp, a train ticket and just wrote now, editor of the tap it and wrote Ange train and said, that's me on board lads. Aye. But I, um, I can't believe anybody that's not, I don't know anybody that's not bought in. Aye, well, there, there's one, he's, I think he's just been a funny bugger. Fair enough. Have you got something there, buddy? I just talking about how relentless we've been. Um, I seen this tweet earlier on, it's a brilliant one from Celtic first. Yep. Um, remarkable start of the day. Since a Leverkusen game, we've been behind for just one minute in 1,350 minutes of football, 15 games. That's incredible. This is phenomenal. I've seen this, so uh, Celtic first is a brilliant account, well worth following. Somebody actually connected him saying, we've not been behind for a minute. It was 14 seconds. It was Hibs. <laughs> when Hibs took the lead in the League Aye. Cup final, Kyogo's equalised almost instantaneously. And that's the only time we've been behind in the last 15 games. That is nothing short of remarkable. I also saw a mental stat that said, we've not conceded in the last 20 minutes. Of games? Aye. I'll need to check that. I, I, I was just thinking we missed a game there. I'm like, what game's on? Aye, we've not conceded minutes. in the last 20 minutes of game. Yeah, there's just there's some great numbers doing the rounds. Yeah. And we've not conceded in the last 20 minutes games for a, for a fairly long period. Maybe half right. earlier in the yeah. season because Suter would have scored then. But for, for some periods... Maybe since Leverkusen. Because they... What would be good, lads, if, if we get these stats right before they come on the show? <laughs> no, but it, 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 it's just... Aye, 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 like 14 a, seconds, he's going with uh, it. Like a proper podcast, we could start hitting out no, with these things. <laughs> uh, what we'll do, we'll kick on quickly to the Motherwell game. So after everything the players put in against Rangers, huge effort, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, all that kind of stuff. It might have been understandable had there been some sort of come down. You know, it's hard to, to raise to those levels. But if anything, we, we exceeded the performance. The first half against Motherwell was just was frightening at times. Big part of that, of course, is Tom Rogic coming back from his his international duty with a just a real Tom Rogic type performance and a, a quality double. How important is he, Paddy, for the remainder of the season? And is he playing his best football for Celtic at this time? I still think we're we're going to get more from him. I really do, and I think the arrival of Matt O'Reilly aids that. Yeah, I really do. Um, they're going to rotate. I think the two of them um, for until the remainder. They're pretty much the same guy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> There's not much in it. It's a bit uncanny, but it's even refreshing watching uh, O'Reilly coming on yesterday. The game's won. Um, he's still busting a gut to try and and you know get more goals and be more uh, be creative. And we could have scored another two or three coming the, the last parts of the game as well. But for me, for Rogic, I think it's um, yeah. I, I'm expecting a lot more from him in the remainder of this season. I think we're, you know, games like yesterday are just, that's his bread and butter. He, he takes it with a scruff of the neck and, you know, he's missed being around those players, being the main, a main man in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and yesterday was just made for him. What a performance. And he's now a senior player. He's 29 years of age, I think. Yeah. Somebody, somebody tweeted yesterday saying, I feel like Tom Rodgers has been 29 for about seven years. <laughs> he's just kind of hovered around <laughs> that age. But he's so important and we've missed him the last few games despite the fact that we've, you know, won those games and O'Reilly's eased that burden. But he's just so, so important. And a game like yesterday, which could have been cagey, he puts it to bed early bells. Mm. He's just an absolutely sensational player. Uh, one that I think we've just been blessed to have at Celtic for as long as we've have him, had him. Sorry. Um, bear in mind that the, the previous manager was happy to let him go last season. So I think that just about tells you everything you need to know there. Not that I want to hark back to that too often, but 
it, it's just to put it into context that we're, we're now watching a player thrive being managed in the correct way in a way that, that gets the most out of him. Um, anybody that's watched Tom Rogic, if you've got him, he's an asset. Try and get the most out of him, manage him in the correct way. Angie's currently doing that. He's familiar with him um, for the Australian setup. I think that helps as well. Rogic, to me, is he's one of my favourite um, Celtic players of recent history, not not just because of the big contributions he's made at big moments in games, you know, goals that have clinched titles, goals that, goals that have clinched trebles. He is just so elegant to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've, I've joked before about calling him the, the console Zidane, but the, he is just so elegant in the ball and the way that he takes some, some touches, I mean, even three or four times a game, you'll turn around and go, oh, just, you just take it for granted when yeah. you're watching him. He's, he's just a phenomenal player. And I'm I'm so glad he's Celtics and, and probably the fact that he wasn't too fit earlier in his career meant that he stayed at Celtic longer than he probably should have. Yeah. Yeah. I think also it's it's incredible that he's now become a ninety minute player when we all kinda of bought into the myth that he wasn't, you know, previous managers would start him and bring him off after half an hour, 70 minutes consistently. He's now he's a big athletic guy and he's now shown he's got that ninety minutes in his locker. Again, I think it's known how to get the best out of him. But you you Probably just the psychology of being a manager is just understanding a player and, and, and knowing how to get the best out of them. Are you going to be able to make a professional football player that much better technically? Probably not. If you make them feel comfortable within a system, then that will, will come naturally. Mm-hmm. And anybody that's worked with Rogic, I would assume, can see how technically good he is. So if you can get him in the right headspace and get him in the right physical condition, then everything else will take care of itself. I wonder if it's been like a, a mix of both, whether it's been the player and his commitment to to be a 90 minute player or it's been the coaching he's received I'm, I'm not entirely because it, it was un, even under uh, Rogers he wasn't he wasn't hitting 90 minutes at all and it's there was an interesting comment again from Ange the other day talking about um, is he getting rested for this weekend he's like there's no resting no at the moment and I wonder if it's that mentality that's making him think I've worked under this guy before and I know I know what he can be like I'm going to have to bust my gut here to make sure I'm playing every week well, and I'm going to be playing 90 minutes well, my point on that was got to be, Paddy, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you keep being told you're a 60 or 70-minute player, then you'll be that. True, aye. What was interesting as well, just as a wee side note, is the fact that he did come out and speak to the press post-match. Mm-hmm. Somebody again tweeted out saying, I think that's the first time I've heard Roger speak. <laughs> he rarely comes out. And that just, maybe Andrew's saying, get out there. You're part of this. You're, you're not exempt for that. Go out and be part of the team. You've played your part. You've come back for international, but I've given you, you know, a start. <laughs> Go and do some press duties because everyone's part of it. Yeah. And the fact that, just on a side note, yeah, let go and make your point. No, I was going to say, just uh, somebody tweeted out yesterday, I wish I could remember who it was. Tom Brogic was given a microphone today and he chose violence. It's <laughs> 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 killing kill myself. Exactly that. Um, but again, you know, just talking there about Ange and, and making sure everyone's doing their job and part of a team unit. Gavin Strachan, I mentioned <laughs> him Paddy on Thursday when we're doing the post-match, the fact that he, as much as others in the backroom team, deserve credit. Ange won Manager of the Month for January, I think it was. He was presented up at Lennox Town and he made a point of bringing in Gavin Strachan to the picture. I believe that's because he also won it in, I don't know, October, November yeah. and Strachan wasn't available for the photo, so Steve McManus was in it, John Kennedy was in it, uh, Steve Woods, the goalkeeping coach, was in it, but Gav Strachan wasn't and Ange made a point of making sure he was in that, that photo call. And it's a small thing, but it's an important thing and it just shows the unity and the team spirit up there at Lennox Town. And, you know, I think Rodgers is getting thrown into the mix as well in terms of his press stuff. Yeah. Well, again, maybe you saw these um, fairly cut answers as to why they don't send him out in media duties because he's just got to be fairly scathing any any questions that gets, it gets batted up to him. But um, I actually was surprised to see him. You don't, you don't really see him that often. Mm. 
he is just he's he is a modern Celtic legend, and I and I don't use that term lightly. Uh, he's been at the club for a long time. He's won a hell of a lot of trophies, very decorated as well. But he has contributed at major moments. I go back to that point, you know, major goals at major moments, you know, regular goals against Rangers. He's just he's an absolute class act. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, to get back to the Mullow game, so obviously we've covered the fact that Leah Labada was at it again with the first goal. So that's his third goal in three games. Paddy, as you say, he's been brilliant since returning from the break. It's now 14 goals and 11 assists for the season so far. Really great numbers from him so far, but what we're also seeing is just goals right across that front six. So whether it's Abada, Jota, Maeda chipping in yesterday, Jack Amakis, Hatati, Rodic, there's goal threats all over the place yeah. and, and that's just so important for Ange and a big reason as to why we are where we are. Apologies for not remembering the name, the name of the person that tweeted this, but I was the 14th goal scorer yesterday as well for us with, uh, with um, I think, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's 14 goal scorers we've had this season, which again is a huge testament that Goals are coming from everywhere for us. Um, I think it was Shaban who does Celtic TV. Yeah, nice one. It's just, uh, what a great goal again. And his movement is just ridiculous, but it's Hatati knowing that he's going to make that run. It's just, yeah. and that, and we forget these guys have had short amount of time each other. You're talking, what, four, four five weeks now? Mm-hmm. That's, to, to have that knowledge and understanding already is incredible. Somebody made the point that Rio Hatati and Matt O'Reilly were at different clubs four, five, six weeks ago. Yeah, and all of a sudden, we're, we seem to be on this wavelength. And Hatati knows that Abada's making that run because mm-hmm. it's become a trademark Lea Labada run. The left-sided defence of Motherwell's gone dreaming, but he has always switched on. It's the the, the video you, you know you created and posted, Paddy, on our Twitter feed. We're always switched on. We never stop and we're active at all times in the game. As long as that ball's in play, you are switched on. And Abada epitomises that. Mm-hmm. You know, he just does everything that Ange has asked. And that's maybe why he just consistently gets picked with because he's a disciple of Ange. He knows the job and just giving him a set of instructions and he carries out to the letter. M- many a time watching, you know, Rogers, Celtic team and, and to a degree, Lenin's, you would see balls going across the face of the goal mm-hmm. regularly that never had ended attacking them because... Ed- Eddie doesn't do that. Because you know, Ed- Eddie, Eddie would be away hanging at the edge of the box or whatever. Sinclair would, would come in off the wing, but Abada just is fairly relentless. The amount of goals he scored popped up at the back post with <laughs> headers and, and they'd cutting across the defender. You know, what he did against Rangers and against Motherwood. It's not new to him. He's, no. he's, he's been doing it fairly regularly all season. Um he, he's just he's just a really you know, a really exciting talent and, and he's ours. It's you know, sta- he's, he's our player. It's the starting positions though. And if you're the left back, you're like, right, he's there. No no one's getting into that area. Oh no, he's there. Yeah. He's gone. <laughs> it's it's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. I think our whole system is a nightmare to defend against mm-hmm. and we covered it uh, in the final whistle show from yesterday, Muff. Teams know how we set up, but it's one thing knowing how we set up. The other thing is how to combat it. Aye. And I don't think anyone's got the answer to that that puzzle, which mm-hmm. is all the better for us. So I've mentioned there, obviously, we're a, a real threat across the front six. You know, you name any player in there, they're all capable of scoring goals. Miff, this is all without Kyogo Furuhashi. He's a club's top scorer. I think he's got 16 goals before his injury. How terrifying could that be for Scottish defences and European defences when he gets back to full fitness? Well, I think you've seen yesterday, uh, the Motherwell game, that... Maeda off the left is, is a fairly potent threat. I, I right. quite like that, especially Jack Marcus found him a really great flick on um, when he was going down the line. But you could see he was he was buzzing about and he was always there, just you know, just stretching the the, the mother will defence out. I think with Maeda off the left, he'll go through the middle. It's a frightening amount of pace and movement and a bad on the right. Sorry, it's quite a frightening amount of pace and movement. Mm-hmm. And that's before even Vincent Shorter. You know, and 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 the way that Jack Marcus has played himself into contention to start games, you can see. 
especially in away games, I would say, where where you probably need that that sort of physicality to stand up yeah. to what, what you're going to get. He's he's going to be a really, really important weapon for Celtic. So, um, for Ahashi coming back, it's exciting. The only thing that's slightly disappointing is we've not heard any chat on that on on when he'll be coming back. It's been really quiet on that, especially given the original bulletin for Ange was it was nothing to worry about and it should only be a few weeks. So, the only um, thing that's given me confidence is the Conference League squad. He's still there. He's just so, still aye, aye, and that's for. The, I, I'm not entirely sure if that's for the remainder of the tournament or it's for these games coming up. I think it is just for these games coming up. Yeah, um, there's various rumours and stuff, and people scaremongering online. But I'm hopeful that he'll be back around in the next few weeks. At least, yeah. we'll, you know, we'll maybe see him at Lennox Town. Same as David Turnbull, you know, he's kind of become the forgotten man. But keep in mind, he's a lad that Ange picked each and every time he could, whenever he was available. Aye. Ange started Aye. him. Ange trusts him. There's obviously a new challenge in town in the shape of Rayo Hatati, Matt O'Reilly. But that's up to David Turnbull. People have written him off, which is ridiculous. It's up to David Turnbull to say, okay, challenge accepted. Let's get in and see what it's all about. Well, for for me, there's still a place in the squad for, for Turnbull. I think you can see the way that the managers want to set up and the way that he's want to play. Absolutely. You, you know, Turnbull would still be playing his part. I just I just find it odd that, that he's been, been written off when when the chips were down, he was one of our better performers for a, for a long time. He's surely the type of character that you would want to keep in the squad and that's without mentioning how technically good he is. Personally, for me, I've I've have been quite critical of him. I think um, he slows us down a wee bit. Um, but again, like you say, that's up to him to get up to that speed um, in order to try and obviously keep pushing to try and get in that, that team again. Because yeah. I understand the job he done for his last season. He kind of was a bit of sunshine and, and a, a dismal year. Um, and he, he was great for us. Mm-hmm. The guy's definitely got an eye for goal. Yeah. Um, and he is technically very good. But I just don't know if he's at the pace that we require for our kind of football. It's a it's a fair question to ask, and I think the challenge for him is to adapt. Yeah. Like all good players, you adapt depending on what's going on around you. He'll have been watching, you know, from the sidelines in the last few weeks, and he'll see what Hatati does and what O'Reilly does and what Rogers does, and he'll say, you know, if he's got any sort of character, and I think he has, mm-hmm. he'll say, right, I know what I need to do to get back into this team, and it'll be interesting to see how Ange slots him back in when he's got the the opportunity to do so. Yeah, I th- I th- like you said, you know, I think something that shouldn't be forgotten is Ange used them every possible yeah, availability. Yeah. Really, really big games throughout the season. So I don't see any reason why that will change when he comes back. But, but the, the good thing is, because we've got options in the squad, he's going to come back highly motivated to get himself as fit as possible so he can get back in that team. Mm-hmm. And w- one thing I'd just like to touch on is we could probably have had a full episode on Rio Hatati alone for his contribution. Right. But, you know, we've, I know we've had a lot of areas to cover, but what a phenomenal impact he's had you know, just even came back to the Hearts game. Was it was that the Dundee United game? It was, it was pretty quiet, but it was just one of those sort of stale yeah, games where, yeah. where United. I don't think anything would have changed the way that United were, were going to set up. They were they were really they dug themselves in, didn't really move, Aye. and and space was at a bit of a premium. But um, the the contributions against Rangers, that that second goal was just absolutely phenomenal technique, Aye. phenomenal technique. In the movement prior, it was great the, the, the interplay, but the technique for for Tati was was phenomenal, and then. With his, um, with his other foot, the ball in for a bad is goal as well. It's, on, how, it's, on the left, it's effortless. It absolutely it's, effortless. It's how easy he makes it look. Did effortless. you see the ball he, he played over the top with his left foot yesterday? <sighs> spinning the outside of his left foot to put a bad in. Yep. He's a phenomenal football yep. player. Yes. And you're right, Miff, you know, well, pencil in the Rio Hattati special for some point later <laughs> in the season. His stats so far in his five appearances for Celtic, he's got three goals. The strike against Hearts, which I think is still moving. The two against Rangers, plus the assist for a bad Rangers goal and his assist for a bad again at the weekend. So, phenomenal numbers. Paddy, we're going to move on from the, the Mullow game, but you were there at Fur Park yesterday. Mm-hmm. Any final points you want to make on that one? Is 
you know, confidence high amongst the fans. Was that a good vibe there? Confidence was high amongst the fans. Um, great atmosphere yesterday. Uh, and, and just, again, that unity what you were talking about between the players and the fans. Anytime the players are coming down to warm up, especially Juranovic, uh, it was partly down in the stands because of the new song. Brilliant. <laughs> do you want to sing uh, it for us right now? No, I'm all right. <laughs> I could do the opening bit though. <laughs> Fireball. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, it was just great watching him really just thrive off those supporters and it's just great seeing them all happy and just, you know, they're all just eager to play, all eager to play their part. It's like what I said about Riley. he came on, he went for it. Yeah. Juranovic wanted a goal yesterday when he came on too. It was just, everyone wants to play their part and we've not seen that in a wee while and it's just lovely to see again. Beautiful part of the world as well. Uh, you like to get your pitch in for the ML1 location, Miff, and the, the council really appreciate that. Um, just before we move on as well, a reminder that we've posted some really good uh, blog articles recently. So we've got a guest blogger, Johnson Tully, who's been doing them for us. They're excellent. They're really well worth checking out. So you'll find them within our Twitter feed at Exchange or at the CelticExchange.com. Uh, moving on to the next section. So I suppose like the whole season's been since Andrew's come in, it's been quite a a hectic time and February's no different. So we've now got six more fixtures between now and March. Uh, those fixtures are at follows, as follows. So we're obviously up at Pitodri and uh, against Aberdeen on Wednesday night. We'll then get Wraith Rovers at home in the Scottish Cup on Sunday. Then it's back to European duty, Paddy. So we've got Bodo Glimt at home, first of all, for the Europa Conference League. That's Thursday 17th. On the Sunday, we're at home to Dundee uh, in the league. Then it's the return fixture against Bodo Glimt. So that's away, Thursday 24th of February. And then Sunday 27th of February, Hibs away in the Premiership. It's a lot of football in a very short space of time. Do you think we've got the squad now to take care of that? 100%. I think uh, rotation is going to be key. You've started to see that um, he's given Ralston so much respect for his first half of the season mm -hmm. that he's definitely going to be in, in and out between him and Juranovic. Um, and I think the only one that's possibly just a worry is maybe the, the fact that um, he's actually not been given the credit he deserves a show is, is Graham, uh, Greg Taylor um, I'd like to see maybe a bit more of skills coming in just to keep him fresh because I have to say the last two games Greg Taylor's been outstanding for me I think he's been very very strong and I love when players prove me wrong mm -hmm. I've never ever ever rated him I've, I've never thought he was good enough to play for us but again another player that's getting it um, I still don't think he'll be, he's my, my number one uh, but um, if he goes and wins the league this season, aye, he's been good the last two games. Listen, I, I, I get it with Taylor. He can be frustrating. <laughs> I thought the United game showed that skills maybe just isn't quite ready. For that position, I think. But but I think there is a lot of potential in mm -hmm, skills. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I think he's definitely somebody that as he continually works under Ange, he'll, he'll, he'll get up to speed and he'll, he'll get to where we need him to be to the point where I think he'll be a genuine contender to um, take Taylor's place or, or certainly... Um, change with Taylor on a more regular basis but uh, I, I go back to the start of the season it was very obvious the trust that Ange had in Ralston and Taylor because they were clearly carrying out his instructions to the letter it was a, it was a different system but they, they allowed the team to play in that shape and, and the key thing about Taylor and, and Ralston at a degree as well is their energy it's the amount of ground that they cover right. as well it's, it's not an easy position to play because you're, you're covering a hell of a lot of ground but I, th I think both of them have embraced it and they've done really, really well. Yeah, and I think that's that highlights the strength of the squad. So you guys have just had a debate there about the left-back positions and, and who may or may not play. You've covered the, the other side with, with Ralston and Juranovic. Mm -hmm. Rodic and O'Reilly might trade. Hatati and Turnbull when he's fit. Kyogo and Maeda. There's genuine competition all across the board. We've not mentioned Gucci either. Gucci's still coming back. I know. He may come back in. I just think that it shows that no player can rest in their laurels. You can have a good game one week and know that you're not guaranteed to play the next week. 
you mentioned last season that David Turnbull was one of the shining lights, and actually so was Ishmaela Soro. Uh, but, you know, different times, guys knew that regardless last season of their form, they were starting the very next week, Christie's and Edwards and whoever else. You didn't have to play well last year to keep your place in that Celtic team. This year you do. Mm-hmm. You need to be firing all cylinders. You need to be playing to the instruction and showing the right attitude for every single minute you're on that park. And if you're not, there's a guy just waiting behind you to take your place. So it just it's the way it should be. It's the way it should always be at a club like Celtic. And thankfully, now we're in a position where it, it genuinely is. So, you know, I'd ask the question here, Paddy, do we have the squad to compete in all those competitions? There's three competitions to go. I have three of the, the next six games are away from home. So Pataudry, Easter Road, and I think it's the As- Aspimira Stadium uh, to face Bodo Glimt. It's a tough challenge, isn't it? Just, you know, so many games in such a short space of time. It's a tough challenge. It's a challenge we've been facing all season. It's became kind of condensed when you qualify for Europe. That, that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You're playing, mm-hmm. you know, you're playing, playing every other day. So, no, it's a challenge. The squad, the squad's, you know, growing. We've got a bit more depth, a bit more quality, I would say. And you're just looking forward to the games coming up now. It's thinking fast. If we're looking forward to it, I've, I've no doubt the players are as well. Yeah. Um, as mentioned, Paddy, the first game on that list is Wednesday night at Pataudry. It's always a tough fixture regardless of what's going on there. Um, I like Stephen Glass. I think he's a decent guy. There's a natural affinity with Bruni and Johnny Hayes, but there's no doubt they're struggling. Um, what kind of game are you expecting up there? Always tough. Always tough. Um, I know a few times in the last couple of seasons we have went up and, and actually came away with like quite a comfortable result, but it's a difficult place to go to, especially midweek. And I think they are looking for that performance to kind of just reignite a bit of form. Um, I seen McCrory coming out and saying that they're too nice. Yeah. Um. So I, I, you know, I'm expecting quite a fiery game on Wednesday. I'm expecting them to try and get in our faces. And yeah, I'm, every game we're, we're coming into, I'm nervous about. I, I really am because yeah. we know how important it is. But that sounds as if I'm being disrespectful to what we've done so far this season. I'm still very confident in each game, but I'm still just. Yeah, I'm yeah. James has mentioned to your point there, but it could be quite a physical challenge. Yeah. Like, you know, a team that's down, they've just slipped out of the bottom six. I believe they're now seventh in the league, following a two-one defeat by Livingston at the weekend. The pressure is on them, and sometimes the only way to try and work your way out of that pressure is just to do the dirty stuff and and kind of try and grind out a result. And that might be what they try and do. But I think that's what they did against us when we, we played them up there in the, in the two-one game, which was actually. You know, that was the, the first victory in the road for Ange, if, if you remember. Yeah. Right? Um, but we shot a popping up there. But we have our team. What you need to remember is McInnes has been there for so long. Any new manager coming has got need to be given time. He has to build his own squad. Yeah. He has to do do things his own way. McInnes, you know, as much as it grudges me to say it because I'm, I'm not his biggest fan. He did, he did an excellent job. Aberdeen, he probably should have won more than what he did, but he came up against Rodgers Celtic and a lot of semi-finals and finals, and that, that's probably aye, done aye. for them. But um, whoever was going to come in was going to need time. It wasn't something that by bringing in a few players was, was going to be solved. Um, probably a lot more disappointing this season than they thought they'd be. But against Celtic or Rangers at home, with the crowd behind them, they'll always be a tricky proposition. Yeah, always. there's no doubt. Paddy Miff makes a good point. So the that last game when we played up at Pataudry, we won two one. Job as a match winner on the day. It, it seemed to be a bit of a turning point. There was this, you know, the jinx, the hoodoo that we couldn't win away, and yeah. I blew that out the water along with various other myths. Um, Jot obviously played a key part in that day. I think it was the eighty third minute he scored the winner after Montgomery and and Rogic had done some good work. Mm-hmm. Miff touched on it earlier on. He's not been at his brilliant best, you know, since coming back from injury. Um, and Andrew's used him quite sparingly. He started him against Rangers, which was the right call. He was back on the bench there at the weekend and he came on 
you can see there's an eagerness to do well. Yeah. He's that kind of guy, but he's not quite firing all cylinders just now, is he? He had a, a brilliant run, no, at one point uh, yesterday. He should have finished it a bit earlier. He took too many touches, but he just weaved through about three or four of their players. And he's a confidence player, possibly, in that sense. Uh, maybe he just needs that wee goal. Or, I, I mean, his assist for the United is an incredible ball. Yeah. And and that's still delivering for the team, in my opinion. Of course, um, But I, I, I know kind of where you guys are coming from. He's not hit the form yet that we, we know he's, he's capable of. And I'm, and I'm nitpicking because he's generally playing quite yeah, well. Yeah. It's just because everyone else has is, is found a level and it's, if this is the negative, you know, it's a great negative to have. I, he was quieter last week against Rangers, but I still thought he gave them an awful lot to think about. Absolutely. Um, what a and, conundrum. Aye, and, and it points to having here, it was two of them coming down on, on, on the corner and he's pulling him away, which has given Hattati a lot of room. Yeah. I still, he, he definitely starts, I think. He's a huge player for us, Muffin. He's a smart player as well. That was going to be the question, Paddy. Who is your your front three for? I'll go to you first, Mike. Your your front three on Wednesday night. James thanks Jack Amakis for his physicality. Yes, yes. I think Maeda. No, I think we'll go... I think we'll go Jota Abada, Jack Amakis. That's James's call. I agree with that. I think Jota Maeda and Abada, I think he'll just freshen up and I think he wants to get Maeda back in amongst the starting places. Maeda has also not been fantastic since he came in. He's shown real work rate and drive and, and his pace is mm-hmm. off the charts. But in terms of his skill, it's not quite been apparent. I just think he could cause chaos on a back lane though if he gets a, a start on Wednesday night. I agree with you. And like um, like Miff was saying when he was out in the left yesterday, it's where he's a, where he's showing up, where he's appearing. It's uh, it's good movement from him. And I actually thought when he came into the middle yesterday for the last, what, five, ten minutes, I actually thought he'd done really well. Mm-hmm. I thought um, he was more direct towards the game and I just thought, he gave a lot more for the centre-halves to think about. So yeah. I can kind of see he stakes a claim for it, but I just think that Jack Marcus, I think he's been playing very well. And I think it's a, it's a tough place to go up there, depending. Could be one of those ones that's high wins, you know, that balls up in the air quite a lot. You yeah. want someone like Jack Marcus to, Maybe so. to and be up a, against the defenders. It's a great position to be in. You know, you're debating over two really Aye. good footballers here and, and who's going to get the nod. So either way, I think the fans will be pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Did you see the way Maeda for his goal he spun it off Mugabe's boot so that it's gone way high and just come in under the cross, but it's genius. He, he aimed for the right stud the, to the front too. <laughs> Clever it's player. Incredible. Clever player, just, very technical. Just very quickly on that, surely Mugabe should have been, excuse me, sent off for that, that one where he caught. He's in. I know. He's, he's, he's took a great touch and he's in the ball. Mental. Uh, you, you wonder if the scoreline at the time has saved him there. See if that's nothing each in a hotbed environment. He Listen, if you're off, you're off. I agree. He should go. I, I, but I think, I wonder if the ref's just been a bit kind to him because they were getting hammered. Small things again, though, like, and these can all add up at the end of the season. How many subs yesterday? Nine and there was two minutes added on. I know. And small, the great, small things, I know, but... Great save for the left back and all as well. <laughs> Great, great handling in the box. I've seen <laughs> that. Uh, so that's a chance. Rodic had a chance after the keeper spilled it. Yeah. Rodic has looked to tuck it away, and the guy on the deck has got a hand to it. It's a strange one, isn't it? But listen, we'll always nah. take a, a 4 0 win. Speaking of wins and predictions and all that kind of stuff, Math, going to give you a chance to bring some optimism <laughs> to the party to redeem yourself from your, your 2 2 call last week. What do you think we'll see in terms of scoreline against Aberdeen? 2 1 Celtic. Bad it? 2 0. I think 3 0. I think we're. Defending well at the moment. Listen, if I called it for the the Jers game, I'm sticking with it. We're just not conceding a lot of goals. I think we're taking a real pride in keeping those clean sheets. And I think Aberdeen aren't scoring a lot of goals. I really, they'll bring something and they'll come at us at different times. But I just think there's a real confidence flowing around this Celtic team just now. To your point, Paddy, it's never easy going up there. We always get it tough, but we always do seem to get the result as well. And I think there's a you know a real solid chance of of coming away with a really positive scoreline. What's probably in our favour is the fact that. 
no disrespect to Rafe Rovers, but the starting eleven could give it full pelt on Wednesday night in order for some a good bit of rotation uh, for the game on Sunday. Um, so it could be relentless from us again. It could be a good good scoreline. But in that say, what I'm saying is that they don't take the foot off the gas, so that they they just push Aberdeen to the very end, and knowing that the opposition's a bit lesser on Sunday. But again, no disrespect to them. Yeah. after everything that's happened. Yeah, it's a tough game and it's one to look forward to. So I'm heading up to Pataudry on Wednesday, so hopefully I'll come back with a, a 3 now one in our pocket. Paddy, as you've mentioned there, just as we're starting to wrap things up for the day, it's Wraith Rovers on Sunday. They're fourth in the Championship. Don't want to get into some of the messy headlines that have surrounded nah. that club, but they have made a complete arse of it over the last <laughs> week or so. Uh, we've already played them this season, Miff. We beat them 3 now in the League Cup. Um, what are you expecting there? Are we going to mix up? You know, Will Chris Julian get a start? Will Ben Doak maybe feature? Things like that? I think you'll see changes, but I think we've spoke about this before. He tends not to make too much. We expected that yeah. in that that race game, I believe, and there wasn't too many. So I, I think just the way, as Ange said about about Rogic when he come back, yeah, rest of the end of the season. But yeah. the potentially though with that game earlier on in the season, the, the spotlights on him at the very get go of the year, and you know that he's coming up against a media that you know doesn't take any prisoners and just want want him to fail. So. I think he's earned that wee bit of wiggle room for potentially some changes, especially the games we're getting into. I think we, we, we need to be at full strength for this game next Thursday. We don't really know what team we're really coming up against, mm. um, but it's a game we, we want to win. Yeah. You know, what we're talking about Europe being on the back burner before the winter, and no, it's not now. I had a wee look at the odds for the Europa Conference League. I had a wee look at flights Did for you? the Europa Conference League. Jeez, so. You're one ahead of me, I thought I was being a bit optimistic. <laughs> Um, Celtic are middle of the pack in terms of the betting they're around about 25 to 1 to win the whole thing I mean is it such a wild call the favourites are Leicester Aye. I'd take Leicester tomorrow no bother and you've got Roma in there AZ Alkmaar who we've taken care of albeit that was a nervous one <laughs> there's various Celtic there's nobody to be afraid of now Paddy you're talking about the, the quadruple it's, it, listen it's, it's kind of you know looking ahead of ourselves stuff but why should Celtic not target a competition like that it's the first time the season's, the competition's existed why should we not go for that Aye, exactly. Um, I, I just, you know, it's it's a competition where our level, you know, we're at a level just now mm-hmm. because we're still building this team again. We should definitely be throwing our, our, our name in there. I had definitely a name in the ring, 100% to go and try and win it. Myth body language says no. Aye, but that's fine. We also predicted two each. What's up? No, I'm not saying we don't go and win it. It's just, uh, I'm not going to let myself get too carried away. Aye. Life's Aye. too short. Get carried no, away. No, I know. I, just concentrating on the league this year. Okay. If we've been in the Europa Conference, is it Albania? Is it? Aye, Aye. Tirana. I'll be there. How I'll are those there. flights looking, Paddy? Are they any uh, good news for us? One stop via, I think it was London, 180. Pencil man. Yep. Um, Paddy, as we start to wrap things up for today, what's your final thoughts on where Celtic find themselves just now? We're going to win the quadruple. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Anything else? Everything's going really well just now. And I still think we'll, we'll definitely going to win the league this year. I think um, confidence is with us just now. It is a game at a time, but we're looking very, very good at the moment. Yeah. Um, for yourself, it's obviously been a, a huge week past and another important week ahead. How are you feeling? It was, it's just, you know, coming come off the back of the week we've had, a few good factors there. Um, but another tough week coming up, so you just hope it continues. Pataudry is always a tough place to go. You would think we've got enough in the, the tank, regardless of what team we pick to, to take care of Wraith so um, no no. for me it's just really a case of keeping the focus we, we seem to have a manager in place that, that's all about that that's about taking it a game at a time that's about keeping the players motivated so quietly constant I will take that from you all day long Murph. 
just a quick wee shout out for one of our listeners, by the way, yeah. uh, a great guy, uh, Stevie Keenan's dad, Colin Keenan. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for tuning in and thank you for being a subscriber to us. Uh, good guy. Brilliant. Good guy. Cheers, Colin. Uh, so for the first time since we launched the Celtic Exchange way, way back in December 2020, Celtic finally find themselves top of the Scottish Premier League with a perfect record so far in 2022. We'll be looking to extend that run this week and with the likes of Tom Rodgers in the form of his life, then who would bet against him doing so? Thanks to Miff and Paddy for joining me in today's show and of course our thanks to you for continuing to follow and support the Celtic Exchange. Please continue to do so by liking, subscribing and sharing this episode far and wide with your Celtic network. It really makes a big difference to what we do. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Podcast Network.